Well, good morning. How are we doing today? We doing good? I was excited to be in church today. Had a great service at, uh, at 8.30, but I hear you are the most fun crowd at City Church. Is that true? Man, I'm going to hold you to it because we had a blast at 8.30. They were a little sleepy. By the end, we all woke up, got some caffeine. I yelled a little bit, and uh, we, had some, we had some fun. And so I'm, ex- I'm excited to be here. You know, before I get into the message, uh, I just want you to know just how grateful I am for you uh, and for uh, just for the church that, uh, that you have built and, and been a part of here. You know, when we moved, uh, when we moved to the city, uh, my wife and I, uh, four years ago, uh, it was August 1st of 2013, uh, we set foot on the ground here to plant Action Church. I emailed uh, 100 uh, pastors, uh, 75 to 100 pastors. And, and uh, how many think I got 100 responses? <laughs> 75 responses? 50 responses? 25 responses? 15, 10, 5, no, 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 5, 3, I got 3, and, uh, and Pastor Eugene was one of those uh, people that, that we connected with, and, and I just, Pastor Eugene and Laura and the whole team here, just, uh, what, what a great place to, to call home, and if you're new here, it's your first Sunday, uh, I believe them when they say welcome home. If you're looking for a safe place to raise your family, a safe place to study the word of God, a, a place that, that you can connect and find everything God has for you, I think you found it. Uh, look, look no further. City Church is a great place for your family to connect. If you've been here for a long time, you've given, you've, you've served, and what you are part of is so much bigger than, than just these four walls. What you're part of is so much bigger than just what's happening here in North Seminole County. You're, you're making a difference all over the country, and I think you should count yourself grateful to be at a place that loves people and, and loves God. Are you thankful for your pastors, Eugene and Laura, and the leadership here? Let's give a hand one more time and just honor them. So grateful for you. You know, I want to talk to you today in this You Asked For It series about, about how to deal with difficult people. How many of you have some difficult people in your life? I have some difficult people. I have two sons. Their name are Bentley and Kingston. And, uh, and Bentley will be seven in a couple of weeks. My wife Stephanie and I have been married for uh, 11 and a half years. And, and difficult people there around. How many of you uh, would say that uh, you, you know some, some arrogant people? Any arrogant people? Uh, you, you maybe know some rude people, some critical people? Negative, hypersensitive. If you didn't raise your hand for any of those, you are one of those. And, <laughs> and I'm going to invite our prayer partners down front in just a second to pray with We all, and we all have difficult people. And we all have people that we, we interact with that just aren't easy. And if they were all easy, then it, 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 it would be easy. And can I just tell you that some people are going to treat you a certain way and they're going to be difficult. And my goal for our time together today is that we begin to look at them differently. If you're taking notes, here's, here's a thought I want you to write down before we even really get into the passage. The level of honor that you give is related to the value that you perceive. The level of honor that we give is related to the level of value that we perceive. And when people are rude to me, I don't know if it's just, just, just me uh, but, but when people are rude to me, sometimes I'm what? I'm, I'm rude back. And when they're negative, I tend to be negative. And when they're sensitive, maybe I get my feelings hurt. And can I just tell you, there's people in our life that don't deserve to be honored. That's what we're going to talk about, they honor. But can I tell you, honor is not about what people deserve. It's about what you decide. 
And the level of honor that you give is related to the value that you perceive. And sometimes we perceive people to not have very much value based on how they treat us, based on how they talk about us, based on what they say when they're around us, we may think they don't have value. And value is what something is worth. And I don't know where you come from, but if you read the same Bible that I read, God gave everything for you and for me. For God so loved the world, the easy people and the difficult people. And if God gave them infinite value, me and you as Christ followers should choose to honor people. Not because they deserve it, but because we decided, based on what God says about them, to treat them differently. I hope today is a before and after moment for all of us, that we come in looking at people one way, assessing situations one way, and we leave differently. I hope we have a before and after experience here today at City Church. We love a good before and after, right? How many of you love a little HGTV? Anybody been to a dentist office? I feel like every dentist office and doctor's office has an HGTV. I was in one this last week uh, for something, and it said, uh, if you change the channel, we'll change it to any channel uh, that's HGTV. They actually had a sign on there, don't touch the TV, we'll be happy to change it to HGTV. It was already on HGTV. We love it. We love it. Chip and Joanna, too soon. They're, man, what a, what a sad week for some of you. You don't know what to watch. We love the reality TV. It's just so real, but it's not. They aren't demoing those houses. Maybe they are. Have you ever seen the, the house hunters? You can work one day a week at Starbucks and chase butterflies and get a budget of $1.8 million. It is ridiculous. We, we, just, we just eat up. Of course they can. What a beautiful young couple. They got no jobs. No jobs. We love the remodel. We love the before and after. We love the fitness infomercial up at 2 a.m. Seven-minute abs for seven days. Completely transformed my life. No, it didn't. Before, I looked like this. After this program, I looked like this. The problem is that's a different person. The, the skin color is different. The, the, the face is different. The smile is different. That is a different race and a different gender. Like, what is going on? But we love that before and after so much, we'll just buy into it. Yep, order three of them. <laughs> Stacked up in the closet. We love the before and after. How many married couples do I have in the 10 o'clock service? We've got married people in here. We know about the before and after, right? I just need to tell you, if you're single in here, there's before and then there's after. And you need to know something. Everything changes. Before you're married, remember, you'd, you'd go out on these things called dates, and you'd plan for them, and you'd make reservations. Maybe you'd get some flowers. You'd walk up to the door. You'd ring the doorbell. You'd open the door. When you walked out to get in the car, guys, what did you do? You walked to the same side of the car. You would open the car door. You would shut it. I love you so much. You'd have a great evening. You'd walk her back to the door. It was an amazing time. It's before you're married. After you get married. Go out to that same amazing dinner that took you seven weeks to plan because you canceled it six weeks in a row. The kids were a mess. Job was crazy. You want to order pizza. Then you go out. Where do you want to go? I don't care. That's always a trick, guys. Always a trick. Always. I don't care. Well, let's go here. No, let's go here. I thought you didn't care. I'm really confused. Let's rewind this conversation a few minutes. But you leave the restaurant, and you've had a great evening together. You met there because time didn't permit for you to ride together. And you're going you're gonna to go, and you go to this car, and you go to, different, you go to different sides of the car. And your wife looks at you. Maybe it's your first year of marriage, and this is, you've just passed over the threshold. And she 
looks at you so disappointed and you remind her that you learned at City Church that you build your marriage on Christ, not chivalry. And she has two arms. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But it's true. It's before and after. And that's happened to all of us. Before you're married, remember before you were married, you, 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 put, on, you put on a video, you put on, you'd rent a movie, maybe, maybe Netflix. And, and I don't know about you, you're probably a much holier church than Action Church. But a lot of our people, before you're married, you just couldn't keep your hands off each other. Not too far, but you, know, you, 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 just, you, were, you were looking at each other. You were probably praying. Maybe you were holding hands, interceding for each other. But, but you never finished the movie. After you're married, you never finish the movie because you're both asleep. <laughs> Last one. Before you're married, you go to that restaurant that you love so much, and you have this encounter, you're staring at each other's eyes, and you order, and the food comes out. At some point, between the appetizer and the dessert, your wife, she reaches over and says, how does yours taste? And she cuts a little piece, and you say things like, what's mine is yours. After you're married, she says, let me have a little taste of yours, sweetheart, if that hand comes across this table one more time. It's going to return with a fork in it. Fifteen minutes ago, we both sat down with some options. You received a menu, I received a menu. You made some decisions, I made some decisions. Live with the consequences. Before and after. Everything changes. I think how we value people, how do we deal with difficult people? We give them the same value that Christ gave them. We choose to honor. Here's what I want to talk about today. Honor, defined in the, the Hebrew is this. It's, it's the, the word kabod, or in the Greek, the New Testament, it's tme. It's to, to give weight or uh, value or, or show worth. On the contrary, dishonor is to treat as common or to not show respect or value. Who do we honor? If we're going to honor, we honor up. If you're taking notes, write that down. We honor up. We honor the authority that God has placed in our life. Spiritual authority. Pastors, leaders, small group leaders, we honor authority. We honor delegated authority. It says in the book of Romans that all authority was placed by God. The ones that we agree with and that we don't agree with. That governing authority is placed by God. That means that our, our, our local law enforcement, our, our local officials, our, our state officials... People that we put in, in Washington, the presidents we vote for and the presidents we don't vote for. I'm not saying that, that everybody deserves it. Remember, we decided we're not going to give people what they deserve. We're going to give them what we decide, and we choose to honor up. And can I just remind you of something? Submission happens when we disagree. Nobody ever had to submit when they were in full agreement. To honor up, the word is submission. The second thing is we honor around. We honor our peers, our co-workers, our, our family, our relatives. And the word here is to serve, that we look, how can I serve you? How can I bless you? How can I make your life a little bit better today? I choose to honor those around me, that wherever I am, it's going to be a better place because I am there. I'm going to choose to honor. And thirdly, we honor down. We seek to help those that can do nothing in return. Isn't that the true definition of love or generosity or honor, to, to honor someone and, and, and you don't get any benefit? When you honor up, you could get a benefit. I'm going to submit and I may be promoted. I, 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 I may be noticed. I'm going to honor around. We're going to serve and maybe you're going to serve me. I think the true definition of honor is when you honor and serve someone that can never pay you back. 
When you give to someone that can never return the favor, when you love someone that's never going to, you're never going to see the reciprocated affection. You choose to honor. Why? I'm simple. I'm from Birmingham, Alabama. We're about the last on every education list. You're not going to find anything profound today in today's message. We're going to be excited. We're going to laugh. We're going to be inspired. We're not sure about what, but we're going to leave here encouraged. <laughs> but here's what I know. God blesses honor and he curses dishonor. And I don't know about you, but I want to live in the realm. I want to live in the sphere. I want to walk in the path of God's blessing. Let's live a life blessed by God. Let's choose to honor. If you got your Bibles, we're going to be in Genesis chapter 9 this morning. We're going to study the story of Noah. We're going to pick up Noah right after the flood. You remember Noah? Noah was a, an amazing guy. He was, he was, he was one of those guys. He, he built the ark, remember? Uh, crazy. It never rained before. Never been a boat before. Sometimes we read Bible stories and we have the, we have the end. And we think, yeah, that would have been pretty easy. God came to him. He says, oh, by the way, Noah, I'm going to destroy everything. And it's going to rain. The problem is Noah was like, what is rain? What is this liquid that you speak of falling from the heavens? And he says, hey, take the next hundred or plus years and just go buy a field and build something nobody's ever seen. Can you imagine the criticism and the ridicule? Noah's just out there just building a boat, just, just out there just crazy, just bought some land in Heathrow, just building something nobody's ever seen before. He's a man of faith. I'm telling you that to let you know that Noah was on a journey. Noah had faith. Noah was a mighty man of God. But we find him here in Genesis 9 in a moment of dishonor. What I want to articulate today is that honor is what we decide, not what we deserve. Noah did not deserve honor here, but we're going to learn some things. Let's read together verse 20. After the flood, Noah began to cultivate the ground, and he planted a vineyard. One day he drank some wine he had made, and he became drunk. And lay naked inside his tent. Ham, the father of Canaan, saw that his father was naked and went outside and told his brothers. Then Shem and Japheth took a robe, held it over their shoulders, and they backed into the tent to cover their father. As they did this, they looked the other way so they would not see him naked. When Noah woke up from his stupor, he learned what Ham, his youngest son, had done. Then he cursed Canaan, the son of Ham. So what happened? They got off the boat and Noah began to make some mistakes. And I just need you to know today that, today that sometimes your greatest susceptibility to sin will be after your greatest success. See, we think it's always in the valley. We think it's always when we're, when we're weak. Noah was at his strongest. He had just come off the boat. He had just received the rainbow. He was at the pinnacle of his success. And then in the very next chapter, we find him drunk, naked, in a tent. Why? Because sometimes when we win, when we experience the, the great things of God, we begin to take credit for it. And we begin to say, look what I did. I did listen to God. And that, I followed those directions perfectly. That boat held up. Can you believe that? And, and we did and I did. And when we make it about us, that's when we fall. Just take it back even, even further. What happened to our enemy, the devil, Lucifer? When he made it about him, he fell. And pride will ruin you, and pride will destroy you. It's not about you. It's about our obedience to God. And sometimes after the flood, after the miracle, is the very time we need to remind ourselves that God is in control and God brought us through. So after the flood, he, he's in there, and he's, he's in his dishonor, and his youngest son comes in and shames him. He goes out and he tells everyone about his father's shame and about his mistakes. He dishonors his father, and he's cursed because of it. He's cursed I don't want to live a life that is cursed 
by God. I don't want to live a life that God says, you're not treating people the right way. If I died for everyone and you're dishonoring them and you're, you're criticizing them and you're treating them a certain way, I want to live a life blessed by God. I want to choose honor. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. To honor someone, you have to honor them publicly and privately. To honor someone, you got to honor them publicly and privately. Here's what happened in verse 21. Let's look at it together. Verse 21. One day he drank some wine, found out that Ham, the father of Canaan, saw that his father was naked, went outside and told his brothers. He dishonored his father publicly. He said, he said this, is what God, this is what Noah has done. Look at him. He was laughing. He was, he was mocking. He was gossiping. I know in a church like City Church, you don't gossip. There's no gossip here. Here's what we do as Christians. We call everybody and we say, hey, we need to, we need to be praying. We need to be praying for, for so-and-so. You know, that's what they were doing. You know, I heard Pastor Eugene, I heard, I heard, I heard Glenn, I heard, I heard they were doing something. We just need to be praying for them. And we call and we call and we call and we're praying. The problem is ain't nobody praying. We're just talking. And what we're doing is we're announcing our dishonor. We're announcing the problem and we're announcing something that's dangerous. Here's what it looks like. How many of you uh, read the newspaper? Eight of you. How many of you ever heard of a newspaper? Okay, great. Illustration will work great. Newspaper, right? The front page. Front page news. Kids, a newspaper used to come. It was printed. They typed it on a typewriter. The ink can get on your fingers. What it would look like today is the, the home page of a website. Maybe CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, or the ticker along the bottom of the TV. The front page was the breaking news. It's the breaking news. The biggest story of the day. Here's what it looks like in our, in our gossip, in our public dishonor. You have a problem, Pastor Eugene. Uh, you have a problem with your small group leader, with the leadership here. You go out, front page news, here's my issue. Here's where I was wronged. Here's where I'm offended. And you'll call everybody. You'll be praying all week. <laughs> just, just praying for them. You need, to, you need to pray for them. They're making some bad decisions. You're announcing front page news for everybody to hear with your problem. What happens with a newspaper, sometimes they get it wrong. It's happening more and more often in 2017. And back in the newspaper, there would be front page news with a picture and a headline and big, bold font. And if they got it wrong, if you remember what would happen, is they would issue what? A, a back page retraction. So front page news, here's what happened. Oh, by the way, none of that was true. <laughs> That's what our gossip does. Because in a healthy church like City Church, there's going to be conversation. There's going to be reconciliation. There's going to be restoration to the relationship. There's going to be a moment that could be confrontational, but you're going to talk about it. And in that moment, you're going to reconcile. But the problem is your front page gossip went out to everyone, but your back page restoration never does. So now people have a wrong perception of somebody that you love, maybe a spouse, maybe a boss, maybe a pastor. Now they're looking at them through a lens that's not even true true because your back page retraction of restoration never got to them. You can never get those words back. We've got to choose to honor publicly and privately. The second thing, if you're going to honor, to honor someone, you have to cover weaknesses. To honor someone, you have to cover their weaknesses. Here's what it says in verse 23, I believe. Yeah, 23. Then Shem and Japheth, they took a robe, held it over their shoulders, and backed into the tent to cover their father, to cover their father. 
They found him in his worst moment, and they chose to cover him. I don't know if this church is like, like my church, but I make some mistakes. Every single week I say something stupid. If I gave you a microphone for 40 minutes, you would too. We get emails all the time. I can't believe you said that. And I'll respond, I can't believe I said that either. It happens. We're going to make mistakes. It's a personal goal that you never find me drunk naked in a tent. That's just a personal goal. Just put that out there. Setting the bar real low. But we're going to make some mistakes. Guess what? City Church is going to make some mistakes. And the easiest thing for you to do is to spectate from the sidelines what should change. <laughs> Can you imagine Noah, Noah's making a mistake? He, he is drunk naked in a tent. He doesn't need to be reminded of his mistake. He needs to be pointed to a different direction. He needs somebody to come in and say, regardless of your decision, I'm going to cover it. I'm going to make up for it. When you can't walk any longer, I'm going to carry you. I'm going to cover your mistakes. You can sit on the sidelines. Or you can cover weaknesses. Here's what it looks like practically. You come into a church this size, you say, why aren't we doing this? Why aren't we serving over here? Why aren't we taking care of these people? Why have we not started this outreach? Where is this ministry? Where is this small group? When are you going to start it? Because it is a hole. It, it, is, it could be exposed. Guess what? Nobody's surprised that there are weaknesses in a human organization. We're surprised that people stand on the sidelines and criticize instead of covering. You can spectate. Or you can invest, and I'm inviting you to cover some weaknesses. Here's what you can do. When we meet people in the shadows of their sin and shame, in the, in the shadows of weaknesses, we can remind them of their worst, or we can point to God's best. I don't know about you, but I know where I fall short. I look in the mirror every single day. And I look at where I fall short as a husband, where I fall short as a father, and where I fall short as a pastor. I don't need a lot of people reminding me of where I fall short. I need people reminding me and pointing me to the faithfulness of God and saying, you're not defined by your decision. You're not defined by this one mistake. You're defined and valued based off what Jesus Christ did on the cross for you. Let me cover you in this moment and let's walk together into everything God has for your life. We cover weaknesses. To honor someone, we honor publicly and privately. We cover their weaknesses. And lastly, to honor someone, we have to be genuine. We have to be genuine. Since they took a robe and they backed into the tent, when they got into the tent, they looked the other way. Here's what it looks like. They're, they're in there. They're, they hear Ham comes out, mocks his father. Ham comes out and, and, and makes light of it. He gossips. He dishonors. The older two brothers, knowing the value of honor, loving their father, seeing the man that brought them into safety. He saved their life and he made a mistake. So they're going to cover. They, they back into the tent. So what they're doing, they're announcing for everybody that's looking, hey, there's something going on here because Ham told him, but we are not going to dishonor publicly. We are going to take this robe and we're going to back into the tent. For everybody to hear, we're going to show the honor that we're going to give our father. But what I love about verse 23 and 24, it says when they got into the tent, they did what? So they backed in. Everybody saw them. When they got into the tent, it says that they looked the other way as they began to honor their father, that even when nobody was looking, they were still choosing to honor. Yeah. Our honor, it has to be genuine. Not because Noah deserved it. And there's people in your life, can I just let you off the hook? You honoring them is not condoning their behavior. It's not condoning what has happened. It's not condoning their decision. You're choosing honor because you've made a decision to value 
people. We've got to choose honor. We've got to be genuine. People need it. You've heard this if you've been in church before, but it's hurting people that hurt people, right? But so many times they're negative because something in their life has gone wrong. They're rude because somebody has abused them or hurt them. They have this filter, hurting people hurt people. You know, I was traveling through the airport just a couple of months back, back from speaking in a church. And I had a couple of my staff with me, and we were, uh, we were stopping by a Starbucks. Man, caffeine on a long trip will help somebody. If I find an airport with a Starbucks and a Chick-fil-A, the Holy Ghost is there. Come on, somebody. I just want you to know that the calories of Chick-fil-A don't count. Those nuggets have been baptized in the anointing oil. When manna fell from heaven in the book of Exodus, it was a Chick-fil-A number one. Some of you are looking at me like, that is not true. You weren't there. And neither was I. And this side of heaven, we'll never know what the manna was. We just know that it was good every single day. And I could eat Chick-fil-A every single day. So for me, it's manna from heaven. So we were having this moment, and we're in the Starbucks, and and I ordered my my drink, a grande flat white. If you ever come by and visit Action Church, then you can go ahead and bring that for me. That'd be amazing. Show honor. Honor up. And so I love them. So I ordered my flat white, and, and then uh, the two guys with me, they ordered their uh, blonde roast. And uh, the first one, uh, Pastor Tyler, he says, I'll, I'll take a tall blonde roast. The girl's like, we don't have any left. We'll have to do a pour over. We look at each other like, well, we got two-hour layover, and you're a barista. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> like Green Apron says, you're clocked in. Go ahead for it. You can do it. She's like, oh, that's going to take at least seven minutes. Yep, we got plenty of time. We'll wait for it. Parker comes up next. He says, I'll take a blonde roast as well. She goes, that's going to be at least 16 minutes. I'm not a mathematician, but that doesn't add up. This thing should get faster. You're going to get all the ingredients. It's all going to be set up for you. We should, we should really trim down that second one. And she is, I mean, some of the worst customer service I've ever received. I mean, she was rude. I mean, the full, like, stomping. It might, have, might as well have been my three-year-old throwing a fit making our coffee. It took 20-plus minutes. And I remember sitting there at the table uh, drinking our coffee, waiting for our flight. And I remember just giving it to her. I mean, not to her face, because Christians, we talk around people or behind people's back, right? Not to her face. <laughs> so I'm talking about to Pastor. Can you believe her? Like, I can't believe where customer service has gone. Can you believe uh, what, 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 how she treated us? Like, what, what's her deal? Like, what's the problem with people? And we stomped and we yelled and we made fun of. We felt better about our terrible experience. I was walking from that Starbucks to the terminal, got to my gate, and the Holy Spirit started talking to me. He said, Justin, you're asking the right question, but you're asking it in the wrong tone. He said, what's the problem? Can you believe her? He's like, you're right. Can you believe the pain that she must have walked through this morning? Can you believe the heaviness of whatever's happened in her life to this point to cause her to see you and other people that way? What's the problem? You shouldn't have been yelling that to your pastor friends. You should have been asking her, hey, what's, what's going on? What's the problem? How can I pray for you? How can I help you? How can I make your day get just a little bit better? See, church, if hurting people hurt people, if you're found by the gospel, if you've experience the love of Jesus Christ, you're no longer hurting at some point. At some point, we believe you're going to walk through a process of freedom. You're going to walk through a process of healing. And if hurting people hurt people, why can't we be a church of healed people that help people?
And I'm not gonna just treat you how you treat me. That's what the world does. What I'm gonna see is that Christ gave everything for you, that through grace, he gave you what you did not deserve. And so I'm gonna do the same thing. You may be rude to me, I'm gonna give you love. You may give pain to me, I'm gonna give you prayer. And I'm gonna give you the peace of God by just staying in this situation and staying in this relationship. You know, this story, these, these sons meet their father in the shadows of a tent. Most Bible scholars believe it would have been a cave. They would have come off the ark and he would have been in a cave. They met him in the shadows of his sin and his shame. I just can imagine the conversation as they begin to walk through and the sobering up process and their father, Noah, beating himself up, so shameful of his decision. I just believe the conversation looks something of them talking about God's faithfulness in the ark, God's faithfulness in the building, God's faithfulness when they got off the ark and God gave them the promise of a rainbow, the beautiful promise of his creation that I'm never gonna destroy the earth in this way, the promise of a new life. And that just reminds me and tells me as Christians, that's what we're called to do. We're called to meet people in the shadows of their sin, in the shadows of their difficulty, in the shadows of their rudeness. Meet them in the shadows and remind them of the rainbows of God's promise, that he's never going to destroy you, that he gave everything for you if you will just come into a relationship with him. What if today we stopped giving people hurt for hurt? And we accepted the healing of Jesus Christ and gave them help in Jesus' name. Do you believe that this morning? It's awesome. Would you bow your heads all across the room, every head bowed, every eye closed? God, we love you. If you're in here today, City Church, and you say, Pastor Justin, you were talking about healed people, helping people, but, but I need some healing. You would say, I am Noah, I, I, I am in sin, I am in shame, I am in a place that I don't know how I got here, but I need to be rescued. Jesus gave everything for you. You don't have to earn it, you don't deserve it. All you have to do is accept him as your Lord and Savior. The Bible calls it surrender. In the book of Romans, it says, if you will but confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that he is Lord, that everything changes. It's time to give you that opportunity today to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. If you're in here today and say, Justin, I want to start a relationship with Jesus. I'm in here today. I've walked aisles. I've prayed prayers, but I've never given him complete control. And today is my day of salvation. I'm recommitting my life to him. So for the first time, or for the first time in a long time, would you slip your hand up so I can pray for you? I want a relationship with Jesus. I want to leave the shadows and walk in the new path that God has for me. I got one around the front in the back. See you. Two, three, four, five. Anybody else? Got you in the back, man. I'm so proud of you. Would you do this? Put your hands down. Would you pray this in your heart as I pray it out loud? Say, God, I love you. And God, I thank you for saving me. I am so grateful for your sacrifice. I acknowledge I'm a sinner saved only by your grace. And I'm giving you that place in my life today, complete and total control. God, have your way. Now, God, I pray for all of us. God, I pray for, for all of us to have examples this week to show honor. God, we're gonna honor up, we're gonna honor around, and we're gonna honor down. We're gonna meet people in the shadows this week and point them to the rainbows of your faithfulness. God, you did it for Noah. God, you did it for men and women all throughout scripture. You met them in their weakness and you provided strength. You met them in their worry and you provided peace. You met them in their disaster and you provided a way out. And today we believe you're gonna do it again. Let us honor you. 
Let us honor people. We worship you. Come on, church. Let's stand to our feet. Let's sing this out this morning, God. We love you. God, you've done it before. You'll do it again. I'll see you do it again.